to the Ole Azola podcast with Yetrip and Diana Selena, where we have conversations on a wide variety of topics. We want to ensure that you learn something new with each episode, so join us as we bring in credible guests to discuss their passions and more. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Olea Zola. Um, today we are very excited to be introducing Josephus III Thompson. Um, we are um, social distancing and recording this episode via Zoom and I'm going to go ahead and let Selena um, introduce the guest for you guys today. Hi guys. It's good to be back. I hope you guys are all doing well and you guys are all staying well. Um, so today we have another special guest. Um, his name is Josephus. Um, we actually met him through my job. I work for a nonprofit here in Greensboro and we do, uh, we're doing a kind of like a program. It's called lunch with friends. We do it every Friday at 12 o'clock, um, where we talk about certain, um, certain issues, certain informational stuff that pertains to the nonprofit that I work to, I work at. Um, and honestly, without any further ado, we're really excited for this conversation and we'll let him introduce himself. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Josephus. I'm the director of the Poetry Project, um, the creator of the Poetry Cafe. I'm a poet, an educator, um, an activist here in the community. Just happy to, to be here hanging out with you guys. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you, Josephus. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So, like we said, we're really excited for this episode. We're just going to go ahead and dive into our questions. So our first question is, Josephus, we just want you to tell us, to tell our audience, what is the Poetry Cafe and how did it start? Um, so the Poetry Cafe is an open mic um, here in the city. And we've been operating for probably about 11, 12 years now. Wow. Um, the Poetry Cafe came about um, out of a series called Reasons to Rhyme. It started back in 2009. Uh, mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough to get a, a grant from the city to um, focus on uh, bringing poetry and spoken word um, to the forefront as, as an artistic form here in the community. It's going on a lot of times at clubs and bars, but didn't really have a professional space to really showcase talent and art here in the city. So. Um, with that grant, we were able to uh, create a series of events that happened uh, from February through November um, for about four years, and every month was a different event. And the Poetry Cafe happened um, three times during that series. And once the grant faded to black, after the fourth year, the Poetry Cafe was one of the events that could kind of stand on its own. And so mm -hmm. we continued to um, utilize it. We didn't need a grant for it. people were willing to pay you know mm -hmm. we've been following enough for it to happen on its own and, and yeah we've been doing it ever since and so even though it's called the poetry cafe we do feature um live painting there are musicians there are poets there are singers there are rappers it's just a platform um for artists to get a chance to come to the stage and showcase the talents they have it's really a stage and a platform to build community um and understanding Thank you so much for that. Um, we're really, we, we, were, we were really excited for this episode and kind of looking at the work that you do. So um, we looked through like the, your website um, and like 
um, the website about the Poetry Cafe and how you mentioned that the Poetry Cafe kind of focuses on education through correlation, you say, um, and then you use poetry as a catalyst for literacy, leadership, and service. And we kind of want to know um, a little about the work that you do with young people through the Poetry um, Project. So the Poetry Cafe is the, is the platform for the open mic. The Poetry Project is what we use oh, okay. in the educational system. Yeah. And so the Poetry Project has been around for about the same amount of time, um, but it's more so a literacy-based focus. Uh, when I graduated uh, from college, a friend of mine asked if I would um, perform some poetry in her classroom. She was a sixth grade uh, English teacher. And after going in and working with her students, I, I realized how, how directly connected poetry was into the educational system. Um, we often learn our similes and metaphors and onomatopoeia and theme and, and mood mm -hmm. and all those things. Um, and that's basically what poetry is. And so even when I was in school, you know, poetry was very difficult to grasp. And I wasn't very mm -hmm. interested because none of the poets sounded like me or looked like me. Um, mm -hmm. you know, even reading my Angela was very difficult <laughs> because of all the broken <laughs> English involved. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But when we're able to become, become our own authors and tell our own story and create our own narratives, mm -hmm. I was amazed at how easily the kids grasped the concepts and were able to identify with what I was talking about and started thinking about how I could use the work that I had done in that classroom to affect other students. Um, I started in one classroom at one school, and now we're probably in about 15, 20 schools across the region. Um, and we're able to train um, teachers with personal development um, so how we can use poetry as a catalyst to create um, literacy opportunities in our classrooms. You know, getting a student to, to read a poem, um, and understand this one thing, but ask them to write their own, create their own, opens up a whole new world for them mm -hmm. and it makes it very yeah. much easier for them to connect to the idea. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think wow. we forgot to, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Selena. No, I was just reacting, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, I think we forgot to ask um, earlier at the beginning, um, can, can we get like a brief background of you, like your education, um, like what, you know, what you got a, a degree in and how you got into spoken word in general, I think we kind of want to know. Yeah, sure. So. Uh, I have a degree in industrial engineering <laughs> from North Carolina a and State University, Aggie Pride. Uh, so, yeah, and that makes no sense that I, I now do poetry full time. Um, but I tell people that, you know, I engineer communities um, and ideas, you know, using uh, poetry as a catalyst. Um, I got involved with poetry, you know, through school. Uh, I think I was all right at writing, you know. Um, I mm -hmm. won a fourth place ribbon like the third or fourth grade um, my parents actually you know, <laughs> praised me for it I didn't get first or second or third it was definitely fourth and uh, <laughs> I remember that you know some things that I wrote my parents actually framed and put in my house and I think it's just you still have that person. ribbon <laughs> yeah I still have it I still have that ribbon still have that ribbon um and I think as a young person you know when somebody validates something that you're doing it, it sticks with you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You think maybe I am good at this, this thing. Um, and I continue to write. Um, and I think when you share what you write and people again identify and validate what, you, what they're hearing from you, I think as people, we want to be heard. We want our voices to, you know, to be heard. We want people to, to like us. And I think yeah. this art form allows you the opportunity to do that. And I just continue to, to build on that platform. And then um, one day somebody asked me how much I would charge to perform at their church or something. I was like, you gonna, you gonna pay me to do a poem? <laughs> I was like, they, they, they do that? I had no idea people got paid to do poems. 
Um, so I was like, sure, you know, give me your, your information. I'll get back with you. And I went home and researched, you know, because I wanted to make sure I was, you know, talking halfway intelligently about charging somebody a price. But when I started looking up, you know, how much speakers got paid for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, I was, I was blown away. I started looking at, you know, um, how many poets or writers write screenplays and books and scripts and songs. I was, again, blown away. So being able to write and perform and speak in front of people is, is a talent that probably 80% of the world doesn't have. People are afraid to speak in public places. So if you can talk in front of somebody, um, you can get a check. And I noticed that you've also it said that you performed for Oprah and you've opened for like Kanye West and um, you know, how were those experiences for you as a poet, you know? Yeah, so that that happened. Um, was an amazing opportunity. I, I worked yeah. um, with Bennett College. Um, okay. And Bennett College is always bringing in, you know, different people to, to speak. Um, and uh, uh, Malvo, I think it was before Dr. Malvo. I can't think of the sister's name that was. She came from Spelman. Janetta Clark. Um, mm -hmm. had connections with Oprah and brought her in to, to speak um, at the at the college and I was working in the um, theater department working on a, a poetry production um, there and they actually asked me to put together something with the ladies to perform for Oprah she's gonna be the guest speaker you know at the college um, and so you don't say no to that yeah <laughs> so we, we went to work and created a little piece for oprah and you know got to perform it for her and everything and it was a, a dope experience so again you never know you know what opportunities are going to be afforded to you in this space you know again ben is not the biggest college or university um but every opportunity that you have as an artist you should take because you never know how yeah. where it's going to lead you you know a lot of people are interested in only being at the big spaces and places um but I've always focused on, on my city and definitely the state. Um, it's making me connections with colleges, universities, uh, public yeah. schools, companies and corporations. And, and that way, whenever something happens in the city, you know, I typically get a call about performing, you know, some capacity yeah. because, you know, I focus so much on making myself well known here in the city. Yeah. That's, that's, that's super cool. And I remember um, seeing that for the first time that you performed for Oprah and, um, and it was like, whoa, that's, you know, that's super cool. Um, and so kind of into the next, to the next question that we have, um, I, I feel like a lot of, you know, generally a lot of black artists aren't always given the platforms and aren't always, you know, showcased as much. Um, and so we kind of want to know, like, you know, throughout history and even today, um, and especially for the black community, how has poetry and, and art, arts in general kind of been a tool of um, liberation and then like, um, and also like how play a part in the formation of um, identity? I think I'll just go back to just saying that, you know, everyone wants to be validated and everybody wants to, to be heard. Um, I think the spoken, spoken word art form, you know, goes back to, you know, Nikki Giovanni and, 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 and Rose would not be televised, Gil Scott Heron. I mean, all this part of our, our history, you know, our lineage, um, the way that, you know, our ancestors passed stories down was, was through lip service, you know, by, by talking before books were, were existed. Um, we are very spiritual people. So when you go to church and, and you see where it says spoken words, talking about the sermon, but again, yeah. it was something that the pastor memorized in order to relate to the people. So, um, the gift of gab has always been part of our culture. 
culture. Um, you know, whether it's hip hop music or R&B, we tell stories through our art. Um, and this, you know, art form is something that's, you know, as old as time. And we have just, you know, been using it, you know, throughout the, the ages to kind of tell our story. Um, and it's even more important now what's happening. You know, we are now um, the true authors of our narrative, you know, with all the social media, the Facebooks and the Twitters and the IGs, like everybody, you know, is an author telling their story. Um, whether it's through pictures or through or through multimedia, but we get our information right now for the culture from social media. You know, the news is one thing, but you know, Black Twitter is real. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we we are looking on there for the real deal, and the real story because we trust our own people. Uh, so so yeah, I can't say enough about about how important art is and culture um, for our community and definitely for people of African descent. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And, and I like how you mentioned that um, everyone's an author, you know, especially in the age of social media, because I do think that social media shapes a lot of everything that's, you know, that, that we do um, these days and how everything is perceived. And um, so thank you for that a lot. And thank you for all the awesome work that, or awesome, or awesome work that you do um, for the community. Um, Selena, do you have anything you want to say? Yeah, a question I was thinking about as you were, you were, you know, answering all the questions that we had for you, jo Josephus. And I had watched, um, I had I had gone over your website and I had, I actually came across one, uh, an interview of yours from like 10 or, you know, 10 years ago or something like that. And I wanted to ask you like, <laughs> Make me feel old now. <laughs> how, did, how did you, and I think the interviewer asked you the same question, but it's just like, how do you go from like your nine to five, like your degree, you know, in such a completely different field? And like, how do you just take the leap and like decide, you know what, I think I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it full time and I'm just going to invest all of my energy into it. All right. Uh, that's a great question. I don't, I don't think it was a leap for me. You know, I think for me, I did what my parents told me to do. I went to school, I got education, and I was tempted to get a job. Um, what they forget to tell you is that there is no place we turn your degree in to give you a job. Like this doesn't work that way. You have to apply and you know get turned down and apply again and again and again. So you get that degree, doesn't guarantee you anything. You know, when I had been um, performing uh, throughout college, I had a part-time job. So I had bought a house, so I was sustainable already. Uh, I applied for a job after job after job after job, and I just wasn't getting it. Mm -hmm. um, and like most people do, when something is not working out for them, I, I prayed about it. Um, somebody suggested I read uh, Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. Yes, uh, I love I read that it. book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dope, dope book. I, I read it. Uh, I thought about it. And... and I started focusing more on what was in front of me, more of what I had versus more of what I thought I was supposed to have. Started focusing more on who I was versus who I thought I was supposed to be. And when I started putting the time and energy into, into my craft uh, that I had been putting into applying for other jobs, uh, I started to be able to create my own. And every time I performed or spoke, I got another interview, another opportunity to perform. And I started walking through those doors instead of you know, spending more time going back to the, to applying for other jobs, I, I realized that it was right in front of me. I was just missing it. And so I started putting time and effort into marketing myself as a poet, as an artist. And when I did that, uh, everything changed. Wow.
Yeah, that's great. And then, and, and Josephus, another question that, that I have, because I feel like even that alone, your story alone is, is really inspiring for the students that you got, that you're working with. Um, do you, what kind of grade levels do you guys work with at the Poetry Project? Like, do you only do like certain grade levels? Do you do college students? Like what kind of young people do you guys work with? So we work with K through 12 for public school system. Um, mm -hmm. And then we also work with, of course, teachers. And then we also work with some companies and corporations with regards to um, effective communication. So again, if you are good at speaking, um, you can pretty much train anybody. Mm -hmm. So in kindergarten, you know, you're memorizing your ABCs, which is what a song, you know, A, B, C, D, right. E, F, G, you know, so <laughs> anything you put to a rhythm or a cadence, you know, kids are gonna remember. Um, and so you're able to create, you know, songs to talk about how to brush your teeth or comb your hair or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. you just kind of build up, you know, every grade level from there. But at the end of the day, it's still um, character development, you know, because you teach them how, how to speak. You mm -hmm. teach them different principles, whether it's character or whether it's nouns and verbs, whether it's colors. And then, you know, you look at the curriculum for each grade level and then you figure out how you can tie what you're doing in. And once you hit the fourth grade, it's pretty much already written out for you because um, as a fourth grade, you start re really reading and writing. Mm -hmm. And we all love music. And so if you can mm -hmm. tell a third or fourth grader that by learning poetry, by learning how to write, you can be a songwriter or you can be a rapper or you can write movie scripts. You know, they start to really identify with what they can become. And the question becomes, mm -hmm. do you want to be a movie star or do you want to be the one who writes the movie? Movies, right. Yeah. Right. Do you want to be LeBron or do you want to be the owner of the <laughs> Lakers? You know what I'm saying? So you start really having to identify with, with as, as a writer, you know, you are, you are the controller. You know, we talk about Harry Potter, which every child has seen um, with the, what, eight movies. But um, who wrote the book? Mm -hmm. every, every character, every lunchbox, every T-shirt, every amusement park ride has to pay that author because it was her ideas, it was her yeah. story, it was her narrative. So if they're paying, yeah. you know, these actors to be in the movie, who do you think pay more money, the actor or the writer of the story? Right, yeah. Wow, so yeah. You're teaching from that perspective, it opens up a whole new idea, you know, and you can talk to college students or, you know, high school students because it becomes a, an opportunity for writers to really get their just due. And every school wants the kids to read and write. <laughs> so. Exactly, yes. If there's something that they, they want kids to do in school is that you, you want to be on grade level reading. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, you guys, I, I, this has been a, a really great conversation. Um, again, we, are, we were so excited for this conversation. We hope that you guys have learned along with us. Uh, we've had Josephus. It's been a pleasure to have Josephus, founder of the Poetry Cafe, which is a podcast radio, and it's also on Amazon Prime TV. He shared today just with the last poets. He's traveled to Australia, London. He's been in South Africa and across the U.S. to share his talent, and he also has to work with young people at the Poetry Project. So we appreciate you guys for sticking around. We have, again, this has been a pleasure. It's been a joy listening to Josephus talk and to educate us along with you guys. 
Yeah, thank you so much for being on here with us. We really appreciate it and the work that you do. Thanks for having me.